Good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. My name is Michael Talercio. I'm the pastoral intern of Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. I feel like I'm speaking a little robotically right now. I don't know why, but um, yes, glad that you are with us today as we return to the book of 2 Chronicles, looking at chapter 4. 2 Chronicles chapter 4 for day 569. Let's ask for God's blessing as we look at his word. Father in heaven, you are so holy. We thank you that you will hear our prayers despite our lack of holiness in and of ourselves. Thank you that you have provided a way for us to become holy. And even before you provided that way, you made us holy and you set us apart as your people from the rest of the world. We pray, Lord, that as we consider your holiness now in prayer, that you'd prepare us to consider it by way of Second Chronicles 4. Would you help us to see how your Son is the one through whom we are made holy in your sight and who is making us holy through his Spirit? We pray, Lord, that he would be lifted up in our hearts and in our minds today, especially now as we look at the Word. Please do this work in us of helping us to see you more clearly now and ever more into the future. And would it change the way that we relate to one another? Would we love one another as your people in light of your love for us in this way? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we're looking at 2 Chronicles chapter 4. He, speaking about Solomon here, he made an altar of bronze. Actually, sorry, correction. Speaking about Huram Abi, who was hired by Solomon, to be more specific here. But he made an altar of bronze 20 cubits long and 20 cubits wide and 10 cubits high. Then he made the sea of cast metal. It was round, ten cubits from brim to brim, and five cubits high, and a line of thirty cubits measured its circumference. Under it were figures of gourds for ten cubits compassing the sea all around. The gourds were in two rows, cast with it when it was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The sea was set on them, and all their rear parts were inward. Its thickness was a handbreadth, and its brim was made like the brim of a cup, like the flower of a lily. It held three thousand baths. He also made ten basins in which to wash, and set five on the south side and five on the north side. In these they were to rinse off what was used for the burnt offering, and the sea was for the priests to wash in. And he made ten golden lampstands, as prescribed, and set them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. He also made ten tables and placed them in the temple, five on the south side and five on the north. And he made a hundred basins of gold. He made the court of the priests and the great court and doors for the court and overlaid their doors with bronze. And he set the sea at the southeast corner of the house. Hiram also made the pots, the shovels, and the basins. So Hiram finished the work that he did for King Solomon on the house of God, the two pillars, the bowls, and the two capitals on the top of the pillars, and the two lattice works to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the top of the pillars. 
and the 400 pomegranates for the two lattice works, two rows of pomegranates for each lattice work, to cover the two bowls of the capitals that were on the pillars. He made the stands also, and the basins on the stands, and the one sea, and the twelve oxen underneath it, the pots, the shovels, the forks, and all the equipment for these. Haramabai made of, of burnished bronze for King Solomon for the house of the Lord. In the plain of the Jordan the king cast them, in the clay ground between Succoth and Zerida. Solomon made all these things in great quantities, for the weight of the bronze was not sought. So Solomon made all the vessels that were in the house of God, the golden altar, the tables for the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold to burn before the inner sanctuary as prescribed, the flowers, the lamps, and the tongs of purest gold, the snuffers, basins, dishes for incense, and firepans of pure gold, and the sockets of the temple for the inner doors to the most holy place, and for the doors of the nave of the temple were of gold." I was looking up just, you know, to kind of whet my appetite for uh, kind of a an intro to today, today's uh, devotional. Like what what some of the craziest things that college potential college students did uh, in order to get admis- admitted into their their universities, and there were some crazy ones or some funny ones at least. Uh, one guy sent like a a four foot by four foot photograph of his face. Uh, that you know, like the office staff apparently hung up, but I don't think it helped his chances of getting in. Another guy sent in his shoe, uh, saying, "I hope this helps me get a foot in the door." I don't think he got in either. But uh, but one story of of a girl um, who uh, took a photograph. Her parents took a photo of her when she was three years old at the university that she was applying to, and then she sent in along with that photo. Uh, you know, when she was older and applied, she sent in like homemade cookies and she did get in. So, you know, I don't know if that's advice for any prospective college students there, although you can't really go back in time. But I I wanted to mention that just as a way of, I wanted to think about that as a way of kind of getting us to think about what it was like for people to enter an even greater place than college or a university campus, to enter the presence of the Lord in the temple. And what was required for admission there wasn't a shoe or a batch of cookies. It was something sacrificed on an altar. And this altar, if you look at verse 1, is large. We, we kind of gloss over some of these details, but, you know, Solomon, Hiramabai, Hiram, whoever it was exactly, uh, one of these men made an altar of bronze 20 cubits long, Now, a cubit, as we see from the footnote here, is about 18 inches, roughly, at least. And so if we were to do the math, as we have on our calculator here, it's time for some college entrance exam type of questions. Uh, We're doing 20 cubits, uh, so 20 times 18 for each cubit, 360 inches, and we want to divide that by 12, that's about 30 feet. So this altar of bronze was about 30 feet long, and then it was 20 cubits wide, so 30 feet wide, and 10 cubits high, which means it was about 15 feet high, 15 feet off of the ground. So this was a large altar meant to, uh, not house, but uh, to accommodate many sacrifices. 
And I, I thought this note from Matthew Henry was, was fitting. It was describing how God had uh, brought the people from the time of the tabernacle, that movable tent where there was an altar, a smaller altar, uh, into the land of Israel. And now under Solomon's reign especially, they're, they're at like their peak in terms of the, uh, the breadth of the, the land that they occupy. Uh, and he noted how God had greatly enlarged Israel's borders. It was therefore fit that they should enlarge his altars. Um, so this was God designing this for the people, and yet it was fitting that this would be a large altar to uh, to accommodate for all of these sacrifices and for the people really to be able to see as they're going into the temple 15 feet high on this huge altar, these sacrifices being made daily, many sacrifices by the priests. So that's all really just in that first verse there. We get, we get a sense of the scene, the setting, as the people were entering the courts of the Lord. This is what was before them. And we see the uh, the sea of cast metal there in verse 2, and we are reminded that these uh, uh, furnishings, although they're outside of the temple still, are there to provide cleansing for the priests. This bath, uh, which held 3,000 baths. Um, a bath was about six gallons. So this is a lot of water for the purpose of cleansing the priests and for cleansing uh, the, the sacrifices as needed, the things related to the sacrifices, washing and rinsing, and things like that. Uh, and we're reminded from this as well that sacrifices uh, were a, a means to cleanse people. And we noted yesterday how Jesus is the sacrifice that enables us to enter the temple. He was sacrificed outside, not of the temple, but outside of the camp, as it says, outside of the city of Jerusalem. And his blood provided way more cleansing, much fuller and richer cleansing than even those 3,000 times six gallons, however many that would be, 18,000 gallons of water, just a couple of drops of Jesus's blood, a single drop of Jesus's blood provided a much more comprehensive and complete cleansing for our sins than even all of that water. Man, Jesus is glorious. God is amazing. We get into the temple here, uh, and we see golden lampstands. We see showbread. We see God providing light and Him providing sustenance for His people. We mentioned this a little earlier in our uh, devotional on Second Chronicles 2, and just how God is... So amazing to give us these images, even as we enter into the temple, of what it, what he is actually doing with his temple presence. He's providing light to people. He's providing nourishment and food to people through his presence. And we see how these things are just types of Jesus, who is the light of the world, who is the bread of life. It wasn't Moses who provided the bread. It wasn't Solomon. It wasn't the, the bread provided at the temple. In John 6, we're told that it was Jesus. It was God providing the bread, not Moses. And it's Jesus who is the bread of life for his people. Wow. And then we see some more of these uh, utensils and things that uh, Hiram, Hiramabai, Solomon, that they make uh, for, the, for the temple. We see that everything is 
done to a T by Shiramabai, uh, Hiram. He, he makes everything. There's nothing left that he was uh, supposed to make that he didn't make. He completed everything. He decorated it even as, as designed there. Uh, pomegranates, we see the, just the, the fruit. I love pomegranates. In a pomegranate, you have like just individual seeds. You eat the seeds. You got to be thinking if you know what a pomegranate is that in in one pomegranate, the seed is actually the fruit, and there are many of them, and they're delicious. So you just see the, all of this imagery of how God is producing something uh, through His presence in the world, where there are even these seeds that will go out and populate. Planets, if if they could, I, I think of that uh, quotation from from an old preacher once who said something along the lines of, you know, in one acorn you have the potential to populate an indefinite number of planets uh, for an indefinite period of time forever, just from one acorn, because it grows up and it produces more acorns and more acorns. Think of that in the form of a pomegranate, and not just an acorn, which is really bitter. If you ever try to eat one, you have to put it through this process of cleaning it and boiling it. Pomegranate itself, full of tons of delicious seeds. As an image there, just to decorate this temple and demonstrate the presence of the Lord, bringing this kind of beauty, this kind of enjoyableness, this kind of life uh, to, to the world as he is present with his people. All this really in Christ, who is the one who is uh, who did everything. He did everything, more so than, than Hiramabai, than Hiram, than Solomon, more so than any of these men. He did everything to, to get us into God's presence. He is that sacrifice who provides the cleansing. Uh, he is the light of the world. He is the, the bread from heaven. And he is the one who would produce seeds, human beings, it's like Paul says in Colossians 1, there is fruit being born in all the world through the gospel, through what Jesus has done. Let's thank God for this. Thank him that if you're in him, you get to be one of those people. You, you get to be like this uh, delicious fruit uh, that he is raising up in the world to be a blessing to others, uh, principally to the Lord himself. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you have given us, uh, just in this brief time from 1 Chronicles 4, these images to help us, to whet our appetites really, to help us to see how glorious you are, how gracious you are, how kind you are to make all of these things so in Christ our Lord. We pray that we would live uh, this day and into the future as uh, like, like we are delicious fruit, Lord, that he has raised up, uh, that we would be a blessing uh, that our that our words would be seasoned with salt and uh, that we would be a delight to you even, Lord, as you raise us up to be your people in the world uh, and that we would be a blessing um, to others as well. We pray this uh, because of Jesus and what he's done for us, that we would offer our sacrifices with joy to you today in, in him and for his glory. Amen. Thanks for joining us today as we looked at 2 Chronicles 4. I hope you'll be able to join us again tomorrow, but either way, whether you can or can't, I hope you'll trust God today as you look to Jesus and you enjoy him, that you would become more uh, full of joy yourself. God bless. Mm -hmm.